Welcome to another stellar edition of The Drive here on Fan Run Radio. Russell Smith punching the time clock, 3.01 on a Wednesday afternoon edition of the show. The day the people strike back. The Volunteers and the Cavaliers together striking a blow for justice. (coughs) Don't think it's going to be too awful long before they're joined by... Go Gator. A lot of people. A lot yeah. of different states. It's like Andy Staples said, there's 15 or 20 more of these things coming down the pipeline. Well, we talked about this yesterday, how there's strength in numbers and speculating, you know, could Tennessee and Florida potentially uh, join forces the against the, the crypts, NCAA yeah. in, in the court of law? And I, I think that's important um, again, we'll recap, if you're just joining us today, if you've been at work doing the thing, you don't have time to follow the minutia of this. And I'll be honest, man, I've been reading this stuff all day and like I, I'm a little bit worried because I feel like my head is full of like too much information. You, you ever get that way where it's like paralysis by analysis? Yeah, info yeah, over, yeah. Or overload. So um, I'll lean into it here this afternoon and concentrate, focus, unlike our basketball team last night. Oh. I really thought I was getting ready to get a hit. Glad it was a basketball team and not me. Was that a, your time will come? Was that as rough in person as it was on TV, Tucker Harlan? Oh man, it was rough, uh, especially on the offensive end. It, it, just some of those misses up close in the paint were just defying logic, lackadaisical. Yeah. As the game moved through the forties, like there was this. One point where Tennessee is several points where like we had a chance to tie, we we get it to two to three, and we just have we were getting stops. Yeah, Rick Barnes said after the game we we achieved all our defensive objectives. We held them to sixty three points. We try to hold them under sixty nine. That was the goal, and nice. And we, we we did that. Like you just didn't score points, and we just have so many empty possessions. We're getting stops. Empty possession. Stop. Okay, surely this is it. This is where we get the bucket. Empty possession. All right, uh, get another stop. Okay, here we go again. It just rinse, repeat. Go down jack of three. People in Big Ten country watch that all the time. <laughs> like, how is that entertaining? It's not. He called that offensive effort pathetic. Rick Barnes, pathetic? Pathetic. Yes, that was the exact word he used. And if we didn't pathetic. play defense last night, we would have gotten beat by like 20. Pathetic. Anyway, back to this NCAA thing. <laughs> Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti filed suit against the NCAA today on its, quote, NIL recruiting ban, taking the same aggressive posture of the University of Tennessee as it confronts a new NCAA investigation into whether it violated 
athletics recruiting rules. The attorney general's lawsuit filed in the Eastern District of Tennessee federal court. It mentions the UT investigation as an example of the, quote, unlawful restriction of the NCAA's NIL policy, and it immediately drew support from Governor Bill Lee and other state officials. Scrimetti told the Knoxville News Sentinel and Adam Sparks, who will join us in our 4 o'clock hour this afternoon on the program, that, quote, we sued to protect the rights of current and future Tennessee student-athletes from Memphis to Mountain City, from Union City to Unicoi County, from Covington to Cleveland, and everywhere in between. I do think it's it's good that Virginia joins in because and, – and if more – hey, the more the merrier as far as I'm concerned because they can't just dismiss this – well, those crazy Tennessee fans. Right, yep. Like, they got a coach fired before he was hired, and now they're doing this. Like, they just don't want to lose football games, and so they're they're just going – like, Virginia adds some legitimacy. to like, what the hell does Virginia have to <laughs> – they're not winning anything. So, I, I feel like that is – a good thing. This morning was so much fun. Uh, Russ, we talked about this when the Titans fired Vrabel, and it was like, okay, do you have a plan? Do you know what you're doing? And yesterday when Plowman released her statement, you're like, okay, it feels like maybe they do. Maybe this was intentional. And then this morning you had Randy Boyd. You had Danny White. You had <laughs> the attorney general of the state. You've already partnered with the Commonwealth of Virginia. It just felt like Tennessee, and obviously Virginia, said, oh, no, we're ready. We've done our homework. Let's go. It was awesome. It was great. So we're feeling much better about this because one of the things, I didn't have time to read the entire thing, that Michael McCann guy that that you like so much, Bear, sports legal mind on, on Twitter, apparently he has written something that – is being disseminated on vol message boards and social media channels that right. says this isn't this case is not the slam dunk that Tennessee fans are assuming it will be. No. And that the NCAA might have some compelling legal legs to stand on. Sure. But I don't know the thing that I keep coming back to just reading through it and reading through you know what the end result of Austin was is how they're going to get around that. Because, I mean, that's basically – Kavanaugh told, you know, said it was off-the-cuff remarks. But he basically told them they have no way legally of enforcing their um, rules, by you know, all, all of it without running afoul of um, the antitrust, the Sherman, Sherman antitrust issues. I'll be interested – to ask our guests as we get joined by them today and, and hear from the callers their perspective on all this. But, you know, we're, we're going to have uh, Sparks on in hour number two, Josh Pate uh, from 247 in hour number three. And what's the end game here? What's the end game here? You know, we've been talking about this for years. What will take the place of the NCAA or can the NCAA reconnoiter itself into something that actually makes sense for the college athletics universe? And I, I, it's interesting, you know, when you're at the center of a firestorm like this, like we are in, in UT, when a, a big story, I think this is a pretty big story developing this, this 
front that's like it, because everything seems big to us. Well, like we we it, lose a three star recruit and that seems big. It's but it's always not. so weird when you're in the dead center of it, right? Yeah, you're like this is the biggest thing ever. But no, I, I think this is in the last twenty four hours become huge. But I mean, is this like a, a Kurt Flood moment? Like a line of demarcation in the way we view sports where this hastens the demise of the NCAA and could. whatever replaces it hastens the bringing about of that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how we get there. It feels like we all know where this is headed, but, man, it would just be nice if we could hit the fast-forward button and go, and go ahead and get there. I think to answer your question, there is a way for the NCAA to come out of this and still have some control – I just don't think it's going to be over football. I no, think I think that yeah, ship has I, sailed. Yeah, I agree 100%. They're going to do everything they can to keep basketball. That's, Baseball's growing. I think they'll stay involved there. The the, you know, the Olympic sports, all that other stuff, the non-revenue sports, I think they're still going to want to have a hand in at least some of that. But this and I, I you We've all been waiting on it to happen. Who's it going to be? What's the what's the situation? Who? What school is it going to be? Had to be us. <laughs> of course. Yeah, like we, we haven't been through was, enough. We knew it was going to be us. I know. It's just we it's, did. it's hilarious that it, it it came true. But it just feels like at the end of this, and, and maybe we aren't the final chapter, but we might be the most important and longest chapter in the NCAA losing control of college football. I mean – you know, they, they, okay, so football breaks off. They're going to control big time college basketball. What happens when yeah. whatever we're being accused of, Duke or North Carolina or Kansas is accused of it, of NIL malfeasance? They're going to control the NIL. Because here's where I, I, I could see a day where, you know, the NCAA needs to rebrand, right? They need to change yes, their name. Yes. They need to move into a new building and, and, and just. Like manage the academic side of it is mm-hmm. okay. You still have to go to class. You still have to pass X number of hours. Right. You you still have to be eligible and everything. But I just don't see any way that if if this lawsuit is successful, that they will be able to regulate anything having to do with paying athletes. You call it nil. It's pay for play. That's what it is. That's what this is. Like yeah, I, they just refuse to. They foisted it off on the schools. We have to raise our own money to pay them. They just their big thing, and what what's caused the biggest problem in it is they never wanted to share any of theirs. This all could have been avoided. Could have been a lot easier for everybody. But to your point, Russ, I don't see how they're going to stop with football because, like you said, major college basketball, and you said it yourself, baseball is getting more and more popular. And with the kind of money we're talking about, it's not a guarantee now that guys are just going to go straight into the draft out of high school mm-hmm. because the money and the quality of life is so much better to play college baseball than it is to go just, in the minors yeah, and trek around for years. Stuff. Yeah, You ask what happens if they get comp- control of college basketball, give it, what, five, ten years, the process repeats, and they lose that too. They're I inept. don't even think it'll mm. take that long. They're inept. They're done. They... they but they do Unless they rebrand, re-mission statement, recalibrate their entire realm of what they view themselves as when it comes to collegiate athletics, they are the dodo bird. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, but they, they are 
you'll get the basketball tournament away from them when you pry it from their cold dead hands. Right. No, they're going to go kicking. They control and all that money, right? Yeah. Yes. That's. I mean, that's where they make their. I almost said a word. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say on the radio. That's where they make their bank each year is the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you can say that. Oh, okay. Why? Why do we let them? Why do we let them control that thing? I, I just tradition. <laughs> it's. It's just easier that way i suppose but i think legally they own it probably they own that actually may be true with it's weird with the tournament like things get very different than yeah they've always it's their deal they administer it they run it here's something that i've always found interesting when when we rail against the ncaa is is we refer to them as they we're doing it right now like they they do this they do that and like i think that should be it well it's almost kind of us because it, it, the, the initially NCAA, yes the the NCAA it, yeah they have administrators and enforcement staff and stuff like that but the you know the board of directors is the colleges it, like it, it's the presidents of the colleges and the commissioner what is Baker what's his official is he commissioner director like president he, president, president yeah like he's he's he serves at the pleasure of the institutions the the NCAA is are the colleges now it seems like the big problem is we let george mason and duquesne and northern kentucky exactly have a seat at the table where tennessee and alabama stand to make the most money and have the most money at stake and all that stuff did you mention moorhead just now no jerry moorhead oh jerry moorhead is it jerry yeah it's j-e-r-e i wasn't sure Georgia guy, yeah, uh, sure. the the chairman of the board of governors, Georgia president, yeah. just fascinating. Just I thought that was a very interesting chairman well, given to, the circumstances. You know, we have this conversation of like football should be separate and everything. I I just think the the big schools should be separate in everything. Like the they, power they five, just, basically, they just separate and 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 have their own thing. I mean, I I. I we talked about this yesterday. I, I don't want this. I like having George Mason and Syracuse and all these other schools have a seat at the table. And football, too, not just basketball. Sure, sure. But um, it, if, if it's not fair, it's not fair. And if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And I don't see why Tennessee should have to take a hit right now just to keep other schools happy that don't really have a dog in this fight. I agree with you. I love that you, you know, I don't know. It's funny that you mentioned Boston College. I don't know how much Boston College sports I watch in here, but that's one of those schools that, for whatever reason, you hear about Boston College or, yeah, or it's an ACC Georgia, school. Georgia Tech. You know, there's just certain schools that, yeah, well, they've got not, some history. They're not very good at anything right now, but they're, they're just kind of a, a, a lifelong yeah. name. Beat our in ass in 1987. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to lose that either, but it just feels like it's gotten too messy. Yeah. It, it's, it's too. It's too broken to try and, and you you saw it already in the in the Pac-12. You know they, I, I like the idea of an Oregon State, right? I like the idea of a Wazoo, and they just said, no, it just doesn't work. You're if not, we're you going, don't make money, you're done. If we're going to call the players employees mm-hmm. and we're going to pay them, schools like that aren't going to be able to do it. They just can't, and. You know, it, it, we, it's it's kind of an either or. It's kind of a black or white. There's not a lot of in between. Either we break off and do it ourselves, or you can't call them employees. And we've got to find some way to make this amateurism model work. And mm-hmm. that just seems increasingly unlikely with each passing year. Yeah, 
They just let it they let it go too long, man. They let it go way too long and then it, it ended up in court before they could get any guardrails on it. I mean, hell, there's still no guardrails. And you can't uh, what'll really get them is this retro uh what are they? Uh, yeah, the, the retroactive retro, uh, the enforcement. Yeah. So I did the you know, they're Again, I did not have time to do the deep dive. I saw the McCann piece. Whoever had posted it, one of the Tennessee fans said, replied to this person who is in the sports legal realm and said, how can you apply rules retroactively? And he replied that the rules were in place on whatever date of 2021, which is before Nico committed. So the problem they're going to have, I'm not disagreeing with him, but and we definitely need to ask Adam about this in the next hour because Adam's reported on it. He reported on it then. The NCAA stated that they were going to do this, to go back and apply rules. So, I mean, they're saying that's what they were they were planning on doing. It was right after – like Nico, I remember that. Yeah. Nico committed, and then in May – they dropped that. Said just because there are no rules now doesn't mean we're not we're not going to if you if you're doing stuff that you know you probably shouldn't be doing sure. we're going to go back and and bust you for it and everybody kind of rolled their eyes at the time like, you know, whatever. And, Problem is is that Tom Mars also came out today and basically said I'm paraphrasing but I think it's called post de facto when you go back and try and enforce rules that weren't in place and punish people for stuff. Um, Apparently, according to Tom Mars, that goes back all the way to the Founding Fathers when they uh, explicitly discussed that and said that that was uh, not conducive to democracy. So you, I don't know. There's well, just, just a lot of constitutional issues. Basic common sense says you shouldn't be able sure. to persecute for somebody for something that wasn't illegal or frowned upon at the time it was done especially when the enforcement agency is the one who creates and changes the rules that's a, that's another yeah, but he's got a murky great point water. man what's weird is you know the whole they thing i mean i guess other than the the actual administrators and the the people that work for the ncaa but I mean, the NCAA, NCAA works for the schools. But isn't that kind of the beauty of the NCAA? Like, you know they exist. You know they have offices in Indianapolis. You don't really know who and what and how many and uh, – you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They, they kind of op- – they they operate under this cloak of Secrecy anonymity and, yeah. and, and, and vagueness. It's it's And then they can just come down and, and hammer Oklahoma State for basketball recruiting violations five years ago when they have a new coach. I mean, I've, I've seen people uh, – That's that's been brought up. That's going to be a problem for them, the way that they – the selective way they enforce the rules. There's no, Lack of transparency yeah. is crazy to me. 865-546-8200 is your number to get on the show this afternoon. If you want to talk about it, uh, go ahead and take a shot. We will do open lines this hour on the show. 865-546-8200. What is the next step in all of this? Uh, certainly seems like Tennessee has a coordinated plan as far as winning the public relations battle. And what is the end game when all this clears what do you think about it we want to hear from you today 546-8200 your number to get on the show quick time out the drive continues more fan run radio coming up the drive
Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. Russell Smith, Houston Crash, Bear, Young, Tucker Harlan is here in the old White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios as we do the thing this afternoon on a Wednesday edition of the program. Final show of January. You guys getting any any kind of nostalgic for this place yet? No. Soulless. Yes, it is. I hope the new building has soul. Fought a lot of battles in here. What, what battles did we fight in here? Uh, a Shiano the, Sunday? The the, the battle of the Shianamo. This was battle of the sh- It's a pretty big one. Fan run headquarters. We're fighting this one right now. We nursed this, you know, the fan base through the the uh, the end of the Butch era. Pruitt. Just think of all the more weapons we'll have at our disposal when we have a fully operational 21st century facility. At oh, our I mean, I, I'm, don't get me wrong. I, I can't wait for that. Just a little bit. Of, it's a little bit of bittersweetness. I keep telling you, like we we can we can make this bear's office. The, and you can and the I'm rest sure of us like that the rest i'm of sure us, you'd like that i mean I, the rest of us be in our building and oh i'm just i'm just you say you like this place so much like put your money I'm where your just, mouth is okay it's gonna be you sad. guys go have fun have at the new facility i'll stay here I'm, I'm not saying i'm staying he's not here. jumping at it is he houston no but uh, it's <laughs> singing you know, a different tune all of a sudden worry about the commute not all of a sudden <laughs> it is a long drive but all things must pass, but I'm just, I'm just going to miss this place. We'll get you a bus pass. Bears bus pass. <laughs> you can take the cat. Or is it still cat? K-Trans? We'll get you on K-Trans. To- I don't know. Is it? Is it yeah, still? It's, yeah, it's K-A-T, cat. right? Yeah. yeah. It was funny. We joke around about it, but if you, like, when I was in New York this summer, it's just, it's just good. You get up, you get ready, and you just walk out the front of a building. You don't got to mess with a car. What's the what's the commute time on that? How much does it cut it, you know? Or how much is it like put into it? Like if in a taxi it'd take you ten minutes, twenty minutes, what's it take I mean, on a bus? Oh God, on a bus? It'd take a I I did the bus thing for That's a while. That's why you use well, you subways gotta, down there. You gotta make all the stops and yeah. go out of way. I mean in in a, in a city like this it it's probably about right. It's pretty it's a pretty substantial amount of time you have to invest in it. Hmm. Big city. It's quicker than driving. And Zakai uh, Ziegler, didn't he ride the bus or something or the train uh, to school? away on subways. Yeah, he snuck onto the train. Yeah. Boy, we need to hit, get him going, man. Oh, of six last night. Yikes. Yeah, he and Andy I'd, went two of 14 from the field. It was an honest Wednesday. I, I did that while I was up there. I had to. You did what? Uh, hopped a turnstile. You. Hop the turnstile. No, you don't have defrauded to. Defrauded the state of New York. No, I, I, There's a way. I, I'm, you don't, I'm, you I'm, don't. I, the, the word hop has got me thrown <laughs> for a loop right now. <laughs> you ain't that, hopping nothing, man. I knew that would pick your interest. There's a way. You don't have to actually hop it. There's a trick to it. You kind of pull it towards you, and it you opens can, up a little bit. Yeah, and you can just kind of shimmy through. Yeah, shimmy, shimmy, sham. Let's get Lars in here next. Lars, you're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, sir. What up, Russell? What up, Bear? Lars, open the tea, brother. Legal the tea. <laughs> the tea. That makes me so happy every time I hear that. 
I'm with so, <laughs> thank you. I just I uh, hope the guy that that brought that to Russell and Rich way back in the day that he's aware of it and how it finally took off and that he was right. He got run Where off the it? show. Yeah, I know. We clowned him. Everybody did. We're we're gonna find him if he's alive. But that's secondary to this. Um, it, this is gonna be interesting, obviously, because we're Tennessee fans, invested interest, but just legally. And if you look at the trend of breaking from mainstream bureaucracies like politics and media right now, there's a lot of that happening. I'm sure they're technically distinct legal areas. Okay, Right of publicity is going to be discussed a lot versus copyright. But they're in the same arena. It's like calling products product liability, essentially personal injury. So it's going to be interesting to see if this case is made that functionally – the same principles and utility apply to the NCAA as do big companies. Here's the example. Look at Disney. They've pretty much given up on the entire fight of manipulation of copyright law. I mean, Mickey Mouse is in the public domain, at least the OG is. Um, so it, it's interesting just with the trend, the way things are going in the United States, just I'm not making political commentary, I'm just saying a lot of the big things that are happening in media and politics and some of the major cases that could potentially, if you really want to make a stretch, make precedent um, or could potentially make precedent. It would be really interesting to see, but I I think Tennessee has a phenomenal chance of winning this case. Like, phenomenal. What say you? It, it just doesn't seem like uh, like even if the NCAA went, say they do have a a legal leg to stand on, and they can they can really get Tennessee on a technicality and the rules like they can suspend Nico. You know, well, well, what then, man? Like I feel like the outrage, the public outrage, because uh, one of the things that's been interesting to to watch the past twenty four hours is all the national media folks and other fan bases rallying around Tennessee, saying, yeah, they they should go after this they they should you know they're in the right i'm tired of the ncaa sticking their nose in this stuff and i just if if the ncaa was to be victorious and and win and get their way and they throw the book at tennessee and we lose nico there's a suspension or a postseason ban or something i i just feel like the outrage would be so loud that the ncaa like uh we would have to do something am i wrong have I, to do, do something different. I think, I think the thing you have to do if they suspend Nico is you still start Nico. What happened to the University of Memphis a few years ago when they started that kid that was suspended? That was before NIL. Is anybody talking about that? Did it have any long-term effect on the University of Memphis? Talking about why? Any hardware? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's they. That would be. It would be a much, much bigger deal. But if the NCAA is going to slap you with sanctions and violations anyway, and say you're not you're not eligible for this, that, and the other, why the, the kid came to campus to play football? I mean, at, at that point, him. Lars, it's going to when if if it got to something like that where Tennessee was like we're going to play him, it would that's when Sankey I think would get, which I'm kind of curious when he's going to get sucked into all this. I, I'm curious if he if he's already in on it, but that's pure speculation. I, I will say this before I go. I feel really badly um, 
for certain fan bases because this could result in the NCAA being so angry at Tennessee that the Kent State Golden Flashes <laughs> might never see a scholarship ever again. <laughs> Love you guys. Go Vols. Open the tee. Peace. Thank you, Lars. Appreciate it. Yeah, you know, I, I, he, he makes a good point about like the James Wiseman thing because, remember, they did play him. The NCAA ruled him ineligible, and Memphis was like, well, we're playing him anyway. Mm-hmm. And there was some other stuff, too. Like, they there was something about computers being confiscated, and Mike Miller was involved, and I've forgotten all the details. Like That's what happens in these cases because there are so many of them. But just a quick Google search, and uh, this was adjudicated a year and a half ago in September of 2022. Uh, the ruling came down 34 months after the investi- investigation began, and Memphis got slapped on the wrist. They got a $5,000 fine. Uh, they had to vacate the wins that Wiseman participated in, but there's no postseason ban. There's I don't even think they had a loss of scholarships or recruiting restrictions or anything like that. Like Memphis is, um, they're 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 doing their thing. I don't think they're very good because I don't think Penny's a very good coach. But like it's not because you know that I just uh, any I, sanctions that have been right. levied against them. I I do think though because of how heated this thing's gotten. I mean it's it's gotten really ugly already from uh, Dondi Plowman and them leaking, the NCAA leaking everything, the New York Times and Pat Forty and that bunch, that it's going to be a little bit bigger deal. I mean, if they come out and decide to suspend Nico and we just put our foot down and say we're still going to play him, yeah, that's, but- that's a hell of a lot bigger. They're going to come after us a hell of a lot harder than they – thought about going but after every Memphis. every time they come after somebody it's like they're a little bit weaker a mm-hmm. little bit weaker a little bit weaker and uh, i mean okay say we, we we start nico and we go to the college football play say we win the national championship next year we go 15 and 0 whatever it is and we we win it all and 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 he's been ruled ineligible. We play him anyway. Thumb our nose at the NCAA. Say, what are you going to do about it? And they, well, we're going to go through the process, whatever. And like, and a, a two years later, after he's already in the NFL, they say, well, actually, it was uh, you won it with an ineligible player. Where you vacate those wins, and we're taking down the championship. Oh no. Yeah, I mean, it's like Michigan. They might do that with Michigan. Does it look like Michigan fans? G-A-F? No. No, about the NCAA no. potentially taking that championship away. They know they won it. We all know they won it. So what are we talking about? They're in the middle of a six-month rodeo. You can't take that away from people. Yeah, you can hide the banner and put an asterisk by the season on Wikipedia. Who cares? I'd love for somebody to ask, uh, speaking of Michigan, uh, I'd love for somebody to ask Harbaugh what his thoughts on on this specifically, on the Tennessee uh-huh. thing. Because you know he'd – I mean, he's already come out and said – players should get paid and coaches should make less to make that happen you gonna say something tucker oh he'd have a lot of very interesting comments that's all you'd shoot straight well it is interesting times with tennessee and we'll see what the next step here is do we does anybody think that the ncaa might show an ounce of humility and decline to send the notice of allegations at this point, or are they pretty much too far down the road in, in this game of chicken that we're playing yeah. with them? That's, that's, that's what I kind of think. That's an interesting point. 
Because if I'm, I'm the people in the enforcement no, wing. No one's tasked them with being smart for a long time. And it feels like right now, and, and, and I don't know, maybe maybe we're you know on one side of it. We're not seeing the forest for the trees. Because mm-hmm. it feels like the smart thing for them to do now, because you've got Virginia involved, obviously Tennessee, more seem threatening to join. It seems like the smart idea here would be like, tell you what, we're going we're gonna to step back. We're going to rethink this. We're not going to send allegations. We'll catch up with you later. I don't. I don't, I don't think I don't they're going to do that, though. I don't think they can. I think we're past that point. But that's the thing, because right now they're trying, it, they're it, trying it, to show teeth. They're yeah, trying to be, but, they're trying to show they have power. Yeah, but you you can't you can't if you're them you can't back off now or you you're dead. They're dead. Right. They cannot back down. But are they dead anyway? And it, would it be better for them to go down with an ounce of dignity? They don't care about dignity. All they I don't care disagree. About is the bottom line's money, and I think they're going to try and draw it out as long as they can to make soak as much money up as they can. Yeah, we're doing this thing again though, but they, you know, they they don't care about dignity, and like it, it occurs to me that there's a communication problem within that organization because it feels like the enforcement wing of it is not necessarily acting in accordance with. Charlie Baker and the other people that are trying to figure out, you know, they've already put forth these proposals of what a new NCAA might look like and what new college athletics revenue sharing and stuff like that might look like. Meanwhile, you've got the this enforcement wing that's stuck in the 90s. Yeah. And they're just like, well, this is our job. And, we, you know, their the rules, ham- have, rules have been broken. And, yeah, we're, we're, and, and we're going after them. And, like, maybe, I don't know, to me, that's I know the guy's only been on the job for – like a, a handful of months, but he hadn't done a whole lot. Well, maybe I mean you are the director. Maybe you call the head of the enforcement wing and say, "Hey guys, guy, like Chill we're, we're working on big things. Just pump the brakes here. Just pump the brakes. You, you, you've got problems. Like send them to me. We'll we'll address them here. But well, I mean, we're trying to stay out of court, fellas. And mm-hmm. <laughs> please, yeah, but." I mean, they've they've you know going back to you know like I said we'll talk about it with Adam but I mean they they've kind of painted themselves into this corner themselves. The administrative and I I know you keep harping on the day but it, it's you know the people that run the NCAA is who I'm referring to mm-hmm. and the enforcement people and then the administrators. Neyland Mafia is next. What's up, Neyland Mafia? Hey guys, uh, there is a separate issue that nobody's talking about yet. Um, and I heard Bear kind of reference it on a tangent that they might declare uh, Nico ineligible or not let him play or anything like that. Uh, Nico has a market valuation of $8 million. Now, we don't know that that's certain, but we know he has a high million-dollar valuation. If he has that, then he has a claim for damages. Yeah. He tries to do something, and another entity stops him from doing that, although he has faithfully followed the conditions of his contract. That is restraint of trade. That's tortious interference. About three or four other things that I can think of. And furthermore, if you, depending on the amount of penalties that the NCAA would try to levy against Tennessee, all of the athletes currently in some NIL could claim some type of damages because the restrictions on Tennessee prohibited Tennessee from getting full market valuation, and therefore uh, their market valuation is the same. This is a bigger can of worms than just an antitrust case. I don't know. I mean, what if you look at that, what really could the NCAA do? Say, okay, 
you can play everything, you can do all this, but your games don't officially count. You know, you can be on TV, you can get the contracts, you can get the exposure so that we aren't liable for a restraint of trade or, or you getting full valuation for the deal that you signed up to do. And part, and remember, part of the NIL is they get that valuation because they play football. It's not just some random out here, you know, saying, yeah, I'll sign off on this, you know, and I'll, I'll push your used car lot. No, you play football for the exposure to maximize your NFL. And now you have a third party interfering with that. And it's like Nico entered into an agreement with Spire. Nico entered into an agreement with the University of Tennessee. Nico didn't sign Jack with the NCAA. Mm. So that's that's and and I just, I wanted to call in and point that out because nobody has touched on the individual liabilities that each athlete or the University of yeah. Tennessee, the market value that they could lose. Oh, we we talked about that yesterday. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, but it's just in broader terms. Go ahead. Oh, we we were talking it more about it from the terms of the university, but yeah, certainly the the individual I, I would imagine uh, has a good maybe has a better case than the university. But yeah, I mean. Uh, Tennis, the University of Tennessee, um, the the play, the individual players, the coaches have a lot of value to yeah. lose here by what the NCAA is proposing to do. Seeing that the thing about that is, and that's why I, I'm trying to figure out how the a way the NCAA could win, but that's um, that's already been decided with Austin in the Ed O'Bannon case. They can't infringe on. So it seems like that would be game over there. Am I? You see what I'm saying? No, I mentioned it yesterday. I mean, we talked about if Nico doesn't play and Tennessee wins six games instead of 11 or 12, what's the financial damage to the University of Tennessee? Well, no, what I'm talking about is if they suspend Nico, they're impeding his... I, I was getting there. That was like step one, but then you break it down to an individual level. Every other player is impacted, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, Hell, it, it, I'm impacted! Like we, we literally, we, we are. our ability to go out and sell advertising yes. at a high rate the better is, the is t- better when the team is doing well. And if these creeps from Indianapolis come in there and say our best player can't play, right? Like that takes food off the table for our kids. They're literally, not, they're that, not breaking laws; they're breaking re- retroactively enforced rules. Guidance. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, th- think about that. Think about some small town. I mean. Knoxville is obviously very sports and, and University of Tennessee driven, but think about some other towns like uh, Starkville, Mississippi, Oxford, Mississippi. You could, I don't want to say shut down a town, but you you drop the death penalty on Ole Miss and Mississippi State Athletics for three years. What happens? That's a lot of business that just doesn't occur anymore. Well, we saw something pretty recently at Ole Miss after Hugh Freeze's debacle, and their, their attendance plummeted at football games. Right. So... I mean, I, I can only imagine how bad it would be in some of these towns just around here. Quick timeout. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio, 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the show. More of your phone calls coming up. The Drive. White Claws. Back here on the drive, Fan Run Radio. Tennessee basketball picking up the pieces this afternoon after a bitterly disappointing 
defeat to South Carolina last night at Thompson Bowling Arena. Not a lot of people, uh, nobody saw it coming. We, we sat here as we whistled past the graveyard last night. Complete crap show from uh, the head man on down. Have you noticed that the last two games that Tennessee has lost, there has been a major national sports story on each of those two days? What was it when we lost to State? Bama. Nick Saban. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. We just get sidetracked and uh I don't I don't I don't think it's so much that as maybe uh not having Mayshack on the floor at the end there and when that kid hits a sets up for the corner three. Well, we did have a caller last night on volunteer reaction speculating whether or not there might the team might have been distracted because remember like it wasn't just football as said the investigation goes into other sports and these guys are aware of that. It's, um, you know, you do. It does make you wonder. I, I don't think that Tennessee is distracted. It seems like a mature group, and certainly a, a coaching staff that pays attention to detail and goes in depth on in depth on the score, the the scouting report. We have heard the stories about how meticulous Rick Barnes and the staff are when it comes to game day preparations and it, it, these guys don't roll in there an hour and a half before the game oh, no. stretch like it's an all-day process they're oh, there yeah. in the morning yeah. they're watching film they're going over scouting reports they're getting loose they're having meals they're having <sighs> meetings they're having walkthroughs they're having more film study they're having more scouting like it's it's almost too much for for some people like some of the players that have transferred out of here have referenced that as being like it took some of the fun out of it so I don't see any world where Tennessee wasn't prepared and focused last night. But when you play that poorly on the offensive end, and this has been one of his better offensive teams, it does open itself up to speculate. Well, it couldn't have just been that South Carolina was better than us, that they're really that good, right? I mean, something weird had to have happened. Something There's internal dissension, or there's an outside distraction, or there's you know an illness going around. Something! Make it make sense! Well, there are some theories floated uh, locally on these airwaves that I choose to ignore. I will admit, and... I don't know how this will be received on this show. There has been, in the past, rumors that Rick Barnes does run the team a little too hard at points during the dead center of the season. Do you think we looked fatigued last night for a game that wasn't particularly played that fast? No. No, I thought we looked like we had our heads up. Our- yeah, because we f- we fell down 7 nothing, like right out of the gates. It was bad from the start. Yeah, you do you you thought we you looked tired? I mean, I there was like ten minutes to go, and Connect's got his hands on his knees, and some other guys just didn't hmm. didn't seem all the way. I'm not, I'm not saying that was the only reason. I also refuse to believe that the team laid down on Dalton and that he was calling his own number. <laughs> I that's that was we don't even need to. We, we won't. It. Hey, volunteer your action. I, cooling I'm not off saying names. We won't. I'm not saying names. I mean, we we won't. I mean, everybody has a swing and a miss every now and then. But, uh, no, I mean, like, we literally fell behind 7 nothing. I mean, the first thing that happened in the game, Adu stumbles and blows a wide open yep. should have been dunk. Vescovy gets clocked in the face. That was right. That was early on. I don't know if he got clocked. I thought you think he sold it? I thought he flopped. Man. That was right as I walked if, in the door. If this were soccer, it would have been yellow card for simulation. <laughs> I just I thought it was a clean, you know, 
I didn't think it basketball it was a, play. Yeah, is what Dane just, said. Yeah, that's what it was. Basketball play. No, man, that like kid didn't mean to hit him like we, that. We started slow and we ended fast. Like uh, Dalton Connect yeah. goes off in the last minute, so I can't sit here and say yeah, but that nobody else did anything. Anything other than. Oh, I think Awaka was next to us. Vescovy was the next high Vescovy. score. Yeah, he had 10. He had that one if, spurt there in the second half to get Tennessee to tie I, it. Yeah. I think Awaka either had six or nine. I mean, he had when, six. When Awaka's your third leading scorer. It was his birthday. Good. He got some extra minutes, it felt like, maybe. I mean, Adu was in foul Adu was bad. But I, I'll, Josiah I'll go ahead and tell bad. you, man, he, all the meticulous game day planning he does. They, I mean, Barnes crapped the bed last night, too. Those, I mean, those insane rota- Some of those rotations were just kind of insane. And why? Why are you leaving Ganey in there at the end of a game when you and, and you've got your your number one stopper sitting on the bench and Vescovy's on the bench? Two of your better. Who's def- our number one? St- Meshack's our stopper, but yeah, I mean, uh, and Vescovy being on the bench that was the head scratcher to me. I don't think that's necessarily what lost us the game. I'm not. I'm not going to make too big a deal i'm not overly worried about it let's see what happens it's a long season we're still in january there's going to be more losses there's going to be more wins i would imagine um it sucks from the standpoint of we're trying to win a conference championship and we've got losses to mississippi state and south carolina and we can't afford many losses if you want to win that regular season championship but i just look at last night and until I'm proven wrong and otherwise, like I think it was kind of fluky. You missed so many point blank layups, so many layups, so many free throws that, I mean, you left 10 points on the board easy. That wins you game. And if we win that game 69 to 63, like we're probably not even doing this segment. We're still freaking out about the NCAA thing, which we'll get back to here in just a second. So I, I'm not pushing the panic button. Good for no. you, because there are some people who are, after last night, just ready to burn it down, and I just don't understand <laughs> it. Well, some can, of the phrases that were thrown around, well, I heard. Real quickly, can we also just admit out loud now that South Carolina's pretty good? Sure, they're 18-3 they're and three for a reason. Yeah, like they're well, not a bad it, squad. It's, we were, some, it was, I think it was you were saying they were like 57 and 60, and was that offensive and defensive efficiency? No, it's it? Russ. Like they're they're pretty balanced where they are, and it's not neither of them are terrible. That's why numbers. sometimes those those numbers like you'd think they'd be like the 60th best team in the country, and they're obviously one of the. I mean, they beat Kentucky and Tennessee. They stomped Kentucky. Yeah. Now, granted, that wasn't South Carolina, but are you going to tell? I mean, if we'd played, if we'd been in Columbia last night, that would have been a twenty point. Beat you know, that's there. our second to last game of the regular season. We go there and then we play Kentucky here. They, they better get themselves correct before then agree it's gonna be a hard hard place to win at the i mean they're they're having it is it alabama south carolina kentucky believe so they're having the season south carolina is having a season kind of like we had year one under pearl where it's just we we came out of nowhere and nobody expected it and we're just loving it we're ascendant we're sneaking up on everybody everybody thinks oh they're not that good and then we come in there and just club you over the head not a bad place to be in because nobody expects you to be there you don't have the target on your back sure so not a lot of pressure definitely for you. the hunter and, and after the Paris way you played is, last year i mean let's hat tip of the cap to the guy I means he's a good coach they played very very good basketball last night for I, i'm not saying their guys are elite but a lot of their passes and their ball movement 
those guys didn't have to see where the guy was going to be to throw the skip pass or the corner pass or the flare pass. They 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 move as a unit offensively. And even though they missed some shots, they also hit quite a bit too, and we couldn't buy a bucket from three. That's a pretty good ball club. Tuddy was – that kid was – he was almost unkind. He was he had a really good night, and then the, they're big. What's it? Is it Mac? Yep. Yeah. Hour number two of the drive coming up here on Fan Run Radio. We'll begin with Tucker Harlan's top four – at four. Stay with us. The drive continues. More fan run radio coming up. The drive.